Okay, let's, <clears throat> let's pray. Lord God, Father in heaven, bless you once again for another day. Father, you have given us this day to glorify you, the true living God. I pray, Father, that you would bring clarity to your words as I, as I read them out loud for all to hear and hopefully to be blessed. You tell us in your word, Father, that your word is life and is the light unto our feet. So, Father, I pray that right now that your word would do a great work in each and every one of our hearts. That you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, the Spirit, Father, which will illumine your word and help us to understand, Father, what it is that you would have us to do and to know this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Please turn to, again, once again, the book of John. I'll be reading through the book of John in chapter 2, the whole entire chapter. This is the word of God. On the third day, a wedding took place at Canta in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no wine. Jesus replied, Dear woman, why do you involve me? My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding them, holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to his servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the market of the banquet. He did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from through the servants who had drawn the water. I'm sorry. Uh, he did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. And, but you have saved the best till now. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. Notice that. Jesus has the power to perform miracles. Jesus has the power to perform miracles such as this and much, much more. We will see as we continue to read throughout the book of John. This is a testimony of his divinity. Jesus is God. 
He is fully God and he is fully man. So this, this is what we need to know at this point. Verse 12. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found men selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple area, both sheep and cattle. And he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, Get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? His disciples remembered that it was written, or that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. Then the Jews demanded of him, What miraculous signs can you show us? to prove your authority, to do all this. Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. The Jews replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you are going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus has spoken. Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people saw the miraculous signs he was doing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all men. He did not need men's, he did not need man's testimony about man for he knew what was in a man at this point you need to know that Jesus being that he is the son of God he sees our hearts he knows our hearts he doesn't need anyone to tell him what's in our hearts What's in our hearts? Well, according to the Bible, our hearts are sinful. They're wicked. This means this doesn't mean that we can't do any good because we can do good. And we do do good. But the kind of good that I'm talking about and what the Bible is talking about is the kind of good that brings salvation. The kind of good that God approves of. This is why we need Jesus. This is why he came. We need a savior to save us from our sinful hearts. To save us from the wrath of God against sin. God is a holy God. And 
He commands us to repent, to turn away from our sin, to be sorry for our sin. Sorry enough to run, to even cling to Jesus for salvation. Do you believe? That is the question. Do you believe? Is Jesus your Savior today? He's my Savior. Is He yours? I hope that He is. I hope that you have repented of all your sins. I hope that you believe that Jesus is the Savior and that you have given your life to Him to take care of. You have given your heart to Him to transform, to change into a heart that pleases God. And that's what we're talking about right now. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, Father Heaven, bless you for your word this morning. I pray, Father, that once again, your word will go out and do all that you please. That it would bless the hearts of its hearers. That you would make yourself known to all that hear. That you would convict their hearts to turn from their sin and to seek you. To ask for forgiveness, to be sorry for their sins. And to trust in Jesus as their Savior from their sin, the destructive nature of sin, which brings eternal death, separation from you, damnation, condemnation, the judgment of God. Have mercy on us. In Jesus' name, amen.